What's going on? Hi, everybody. So this podcast, I'm going back um, to my root, right? And we're going to kind of talk about Vietnam in more of a time and more of a place and understanding of the place. Um, I will get into some battles, but it's just another kind of context for you all about Vietnam. Hope you enjoy it. Peace and love. So I do want to point out this one thing as we get going. So a Viet Minh is a Vietnam nationalist. A Viet Cong is a Vietnam communist. Now this will make sense as the podcast develops and as I move forward with other episodes. But I think it's just an important note understand the difference between a Vietnam nationalist and a Vietnam communist. Now, you can be both, and you can be one or the other. As you know, it's a complex process. You know, history is complex. As you all come to know from listening to this podcast and listening to other history podcasts and reading, whatever you may do. But it's just a good point to know moving forward. We have the French Indochina War, right? 1946 and 1953. We have the Guava Conference. In two years, there'll be elections to put North Vietnam and South Vietnam together. Obviously, that doesn't happen. So they split up the Seventh Day Parallel. So, what happens next, right? The North is led by Ho Chi Minh, China, and Russia. You know, they didn't really support a unified Vietnam, you know, because they were afraid of what? The West and the U.S. The South was going to be under French rule. You know, so in 1955, established both of the countries, North and South Vietnam. Now, why is that significant? Well, think about the support for one another and how things would continue to evolve, right? So the United States military sent advisors. In other words, they are A-R-V-N, United States Military Advisors. Started with 800. Now, Kennedy administration comes along in what year? 63, right? 61, tilled 63, I should say. 6,000 U.S. military advisor now enter Vietnam in 1961 when JFK becomes president, right? That's a significant large amount of advisors to increase. Now, I think as you kind of realize, each president had their own terms and ideologies and thoughts and process when it came to Vietnam, but none of them really had a connecting unit or connecting goal, like a real goal. You know, they just didn't want to lose. But what does that mean? It's They all had their own interpretation of what that meant, therefore 
it left Vietnam to this, its own entity. So I do want to add a few quotes um, from the classic Vietnam memoir, A Rumor of War. You know, every Vietnam memoir I read has value to it. And everyone you read or pick up will have value. And I just want to share some of that value. So, this quote is coming from a time, from an operation. um, That, you know, he's an enlisted Marine. You know, he loves the country, this and that. And it's just a quick little piece. I can, and I quote... I can recall only snatches of that time. Fragments seem flicker on my mental screen like excerpts from a film. And then here's another one, and I quote, A feeling of being afraid when there was no reason to be. Think about that in a time of war, right? No reason to be afraid. They have all the reasons to be afraid but it's this thing that soldiers go through right it's a part of the soldier's life a soldier's life you know they've lived a hundred years in the span of a year or six months or however long the deployment is that's real that's the truth people and for some reason people forget that soldier's experience is very personal right and our jobs as history you know historians people are history students are history to help express that you know get past all the numbers the battles the whatever right and get to what it felt like the culture the soldiers culture of Vietnam of Iraq right like every conflict every war has its own soldiers culture and how the soldier and how the man and woman is shaped throughout the war or throughout the conflict on either side and all sides So now I want to take you to the other side, right? Remember how I mentioned earlier of Viet, Viet Minh Nguyen, Vietnam nationalist, and a Viet Cong, the difference in Vietnam communist. So the memoir I'm going to pull from is, the title is actually kind of not right. It's called a Viet Cong memoir inside of the Vietnam War and its aftermath. The author wasn't way really a Vietnam communist. He was a Vietnam nationalist. Vietnam, you know, had difference because they're all difference. So those Vietnam nationalists, like the true ones, kind of understood communism for what it was in the '60s and what it was in the '70s and what it did to, you know. 
the USSR, Russia, you know, they, they understood history, right? Stalin, the Chinese, right? The Chinese have been trying to take over Vietnam for a very long time. The French, right? So they had an understanding of the outside world. They just wanted to be free and be Vietnamese people and have their culture. So the history of Vietnam, right, is very long, just like I think a lot of places in the world. You dive deep, right? You see that everything is a lot more complex than, you know, the surface. And the surface narrative is just completely inaccurate, you know? And I'm not just talking about Vietnam, I'm talking about just history and events in history. That on the surface, you know, typical narrative, you know, 98% of the time is inaccurate, right? fighting in South Vietnam, we saw at that point solidify as a political struggle with a subordinate military demise dilemma. Our strategy was to achieve a political revolution. To this end, armed violence was a means, but the political front was primary. If the Americans were to intervene in force, the scale of violence would increase geo metrically as a different set of priorities emerged the armed struggle will most likely take center stage so here we are right this complex world this complex universe in terms of the soldier's experience. Now, before I move on, I know I've talked about it in past episodes, but, you know, you also have the Australians, right, fighting on the side of Americans, Russians, and Chinese, you know, and Koreans. You know, you have to remember that it's not just the North Vietnamese sound of it, fighting the South Vietnamese and the U.S. military. Like, proxy war is a term that, you know, we've kind of just come up with. Personally, I would like to find a better term You know, especially just because I feel like there's a better term out there to explain Korea, Vietnam, you know, the the Russians in the Middle East and Afghanistan in the 80s. Like, there's a better term, you know, it's out there, you know, just got to figure it out. But for now, you know, proxy war is kind of the 
general term, universal term for these things. And you're going to dive deeper, right? You dive deep into the soldier. I think it makes a lot of us realize the connections between people and humans. So this next kind of part of the podcast is I'm going to try to kind of take you through interviews from both sides a marine and a soldier who fought for the North Vietnam Army and just kind of give you again that culture, that soldier's culture right, and kind of examples of what's going on or what was going on I hope you enjoy this part. I'll give you kind of context, but this is really about them. Um, a lot of these interviews you can find on YouTube, right? If you want to hear the extension of the version, right? Obviously, I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but enjoy. Twentieth century show of the American troops rolling through villages in France and being showered with wine and flowers and kisses. Um... People in these villages around us, we were in a very heavily populated area at that time. Um, they were the enemy. Or at least the enemy was out there somewhere and we couldn't tell one from another. And day after day, our patrols went out uh, and we ran into snipers and mines. And snipers and mines and snipers and mines. I saw four armed enemy soldiers the first eight months I was in Vietnam. And yet our battalion during that same period of time sustained 75 mining and sniping incidents per month over half of them resulting in casualties. This is for a unit of about a thousand men. But there was no one to fight back at. And you begin to think, these people are the enemy. They're all the enemy. And then you go through villages and, you know, you get sniped at, and so you call an airstrike in on the village, and the whole village goes up. Or you go through a place and you search it, and you burn houses, blow them up, um, you know, the common perception, the notion I had when I was in high school was that the Viet Cong terrorized the Vietnamese population, uh, forced them to fight against the Americans on the pain of death. What I began to understand in Vietnam was that they didn't need to do things like that. All they had to do was let a Marine patrol go through a village, and whatever was left of that village, they had all the recruits that they needed. Um, I began to understand why the Vietnamese 
didn't greet me with open arms, why they in fact hated me. But of course that didn't change the fact that, that my friends were getting killed and injured every day. And, and So here's the NVA veterans perspective on fighting the Americans. You know, so just kind of listen and understand, like, you have to understand culture and people and where they're coming from. Like, that's what historians do, right? And a part of my podcast is for people to understand what historians do. Right. Historians understand the complexity of the past. So this next soldier fought alongside a part of the South Vietnamese Army. Just to give you a little perspective and what he can say, um, what he's going to talk about, you know, being recognized and such. So just to give you that context. anything or uh, everything I, I talk I'm talking about so I'm very impressed a, a lot of uh, thing uh, uh, media talking about the Vietnam War when I came to the United States in uh, 1984 until now a lot of uh, they, they call documentary but uh, <coughs> Somehow it's uh, it's not not the the way I I I think they they should know the people should know and uh, right now from my point of view but not the whole thing but uh, I think the people the American people need to 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 hear about to know about it. that. 